And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me in the studio today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York. Good to be here, Dan. And Dr. John Vance, pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern. Likewise, good to be here. Well, gentlemen, good to have you today in the studio. Thanks for coming. And um, we had a note that came in from a listener not too long ago. And uh, we get many notes from listeners, and we enjoy and read each one. And uh, please send us your notes. It's great to hear from you. This particular one mentioned as a possible topic for a plain answer, what the Bible has to say about election. And I told Mark before you came in, suggesting that topic to uh, a Presbyterian is like saying sick him to a dog. <laughs> True <laughs> but, enough. Um, That's right. this, is, um, this is a good question, actually. And I think our response is going to be more from a pastoral side today and just simply looking at what the scriptures actually have to say. So um, what is implied or meant by uh, even the term election? Would one of you guys start us off today? It reminds me of a story uh, that I heard uh, some years ago. Maybe maybe uh, our listeners have heard it as well. But... Um, the old country preacher said, yes, I believe in election. He says, uh, 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 God cast one for you, and the devil cast one against you, and you have to cast your lot with either side. <laughs> I've heard that before. <laughs> That's not quite the biblical doctrine of election, mm-hmm. and um, uh, it is a doctrine that's found both in the Old and the New Testament. Uh, Jews and Christians have actually, Orthodox Jews and, and Orthodox Christians who take the Bible uh, seriously, uh, Jewish uh, uh, people, of course, the Old Testament. But we've come down on different sides, uh, in a real sense, over the doctrine of election. Christians uh, have a view where, in fact, uh, God does elect and God uh, does choose. Uh, And it's not just a broad general uh, conception like a people, but in fact includes individuals. There are different kinds of election in the Bible, though. There are groups, there are individuals, and there are elections, or uh, it is used with respect to service. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think when you're also talking about election, one of the things you have to understand is why would there be a necessity for God to elect or choose? And I think that does, sooner or later, lead you back to the Uh, The doctrine of total depravity. Mm -hmm. Well, it's certainly prefaced on that, isn't it? Uh, If you read Romans chapter 1, particularly from about verse 18 on, it it surely lays the groundwork uh, for election, and there is a certain necessity if God does not uh, choose and initiate his salvation and redeem us, uh, no one will be redeemed. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, of course, again, the doctrine of total depravity points out how totally void of any ability we are to choose God. Um, as the Scripture says, we're dead in trespasses and sins. Mm-hmm. Romans 3.10, there's none righteous, no, not one. There's none that seeks after God. So you have this this real situation where ever since adam sinned and uh, original sin has has been brought in that we are 
we're in a real bad way. Yes, we are. <laughs> you know, think of it psychologically and emotionally. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people uh, would put it in that terms in the modern day, but we are psychologically predisposed to be egocentric. Yeah. We choose ourselves and our own interests, and mm. we don't perceive, according to the scriptures, that our interest truly is in the living God, mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. fail to ascribe that glory that is due his name because we are on the throne and not God. Right. So man's condition uh, before God, uh, before man becomes a Christian, before he believes, um, the scriptures say that he's dead in his trespasses and sins. Right. So it, it is consistent, isn't it, when then it says there, there is none who seeks after God. So how could a dead man seek after God? Not only can a dead man not seek after God, yeah. uh, we actively rebel against God. Mm-hmm. It, it's uh, more than simply mm-hmm. passive uh, right. in certain passages. It is active. It is a resistance to... Mm-hmm. You know what amazes me is before um, you guys came to the studio today, I was spending a little time reviewing the words of Jesus in the Gospel of John. And for anyone wanting to learn a little bit more about what Jesus says about his people and how he chose them, this is a just a very rich Gospel to read. And uh, there's so many references regarding this subject right in the Gospel of John. Uh, chapters 5 and 6, chapter 8, chapter 15, chapter 17. Um, the subject keeps recurring in the words of Jesus, and uh, probably will mention some of those references today as we go on in this discussion. Well, certainly the Gospel of John is rich with uh, words that refer to the doctrine of election. Sometimes it comes under the word elect, sometimes mm-hmm. I have chosen you. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes mm-hmm. it points out you cannot come to me, mm-hmm. uh, meaning that God yeah. has to come to us. And so, in fact, the whole structure of the gospel is that God came to us in Jesus Christ and, yeah. in fact, confronts us. That's it. And it's just nicely woven throughout the whole gospel. You mentioned a verse there, John, about uh, who chooses who, basically, and that is... John fifteen sixteen in my reading this morning, um, mm-hmm. came across this verse. It says, You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. And so there is the order, as Christ has put it down, that he is the first mover. He is the one who has brought us to himself. Really, it's the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit working together. Or, in other words, uh, in another place, it's not that you love me, but that I love you. Right. <laughs> and have uh, yeah. initiated this great salvation. Yeah. I suppose the concept is consistent also with what we see in the Old Covenant people. Um, how many times God would reiterate that it's not because of your strength or beauty or wonderfulness, <laughs> is my word, Um, that I've chosen you, but he just wanted to. He chose Israel, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. not because they were special, or he made them special, special indeed, but he chose them. I I didn't look this up, but uh, there was a passage where Israel is pictured as being a baby thrown on the rubbish heap. 
That's right. Now, a baby can do nothing for itself. It must be taken care of. And he comes mm. and picks up the baby and dresses it up and <laughs> cleans it up and makes it his own. I'm glad you mentioned that. I that had forgotten about it. some passage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After our break, we'll, uh, we'll look up that reference and share it. Uh, exactly what that reference is with our listeners. Today you're listening to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. One of the listeners asked us to discuss the topic of election uh, as it's given to us in the scriptures. Stay with us now. We'll be right back. Because you are chosen We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and in the studio with me today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York, and Dr. John Vance, pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church, Rock Tavern. Today we have an interesting discussion going, and it's concerning what the Bible has to say about election. Prior to the break, John, you made a reference to this baby that was found by God, and uh, why don't you take it from there? Yes, it, it's in Ezekiel 16. It is one of the most uh, uh, impressive chapters, uh, I have to say, descriptive chapters in the Bible of of God coming to us when we could do nothing for ourselves. It is a picture of election, even though it is in the context of a child that is found uh, out in the open field 
and is um, uh, noticed by God, and he comes mm-hmm. and he takes the child and it says, here, listen uh, to how he puts, then I washed you in water, yes, I thoroughly washed off your blood, and I anointed you with oil, I clothed you in embroidered cloth, and gave you sandals of badger skin. I clothed you with fine linen and covered you with silk. It is um, God taking an infant, newborn, Mm. freshly Mm. born, the umbilical cord not even cut, picks it up out of its own blood and uh, the afterbirth and makes it his own. That is a beautiful description of election. So in that metaphor, uh, your point is that that's, uh, that's a picture of how Christ takes his people and brings them to himself. Their their inability, like that little mm. newly born baby, lying in its its own blood and afterbirth. Yeah, and that I think also points out to another aspect of it. When we talk about election, it's often called unconditional election. Of course, if you use it in the aspect of the tulip, you know the uh, acrostic with the tulip, unconditional mm-hmm. election, which means that God chose us not because of anything inherently of value in us but he chose us because of his own love Mm. and his own concern we see that also with israel Uh, deuteronomy 7 6 and 7 it says for you are a people holy to the lord your god the lord your god has chosen you to be a people for his own possession out of all the peoples that are on the face of the earth it was not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord set his love upon you and chose you, for you were the fewest of all people. Mm-hmm. And there again you see God's choosing because he wants to, mm-hmm. not because of anything that we have done. I think this is particularly uh, seen in the Old Testament, since we're uh, dealing with some Old Testament passages, in the choice of uh, Jacob over Esau. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, that is a clear text that God is sovereign in His purposes and in His choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, again, a passage of Scripture that's quite instructive when it comes to the formation of uh, Israel as God's chosen people. As you say, John, in Romans nine, he talks about that with before either of them were born. Before either were born. And did right or wrong. In other words, God didn't choose Jacob over Esau on the basis of their works. He chose them because he chose them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, It exalts the sovereign purposes of God and uh, his wisdom and his power and his glory. There's a pastoral side to all this. Here you are, two pastors in the studio today, regarding um, our comfort and deep assurance knowing that we are in God's hands. Can you fellows speak to that a little bit? Well, I uh, had a, an incident not too long ago where uh, I had a uh, uh, an older man, uh, and uh, I won't go much beyond that, right. uh, uh, but I had an older man to say, you know, uh, Pastor, uh, I've uh, grown up Presbyterian, uh, Reformed, and a lot of Baptist Presbyterians are Reformed in their their faith, uh, meaning that they subscribe to the doctrine of election. But he said to me, uh, you know, I, I uh, believe the, the teaching uh, of the pastors I've heard, which I believe is biblical, but 
I am at this stage, and I'm not sure I'm elect. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now, in some ways, that's um, uh, uh, a disturbing question to me. Um, we can't pry into the wisdom of God on one hand, but on the other hand, we can have assurance. And uh, God's uh, word is to assure us that we belong to him. Uh, I do think this can be a pastoral problem for many as they worry. We see it in the Puritans uh, a good bit where uh, they certainly got one half of the biblical truth. But it is important to understand that there is a sense in which we can be reassured that we belong to the Lord mm. and that he is our God and we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. And I usually point people to the scriptures that if you come to Christ, and that, of course, Christ enables us to, he will in no wise cast you out. Amen. Right. He has set right. his love upon you. Mm-hmm. And... Um, uh, there are other passages of Scripture. I, I remind people uh, that if you have faith in Christ, Calvin used to tout in his writings when you read them, and he would reassure his congregation that faith itself is the kind of faith that uh, renders us confident mm-hmm. that our benefit is in Jesus Christ. And look to him and not to yourself. Yeah. It also seems to me that... Um if someone is overly concerned whether they're elect or not, they really don't need to be. And I, I don't mean to say that in a in a bad way, but um, if I am concerned about my eternal state, um, if I was still dead in my trespasses and sins and had no inclination at all towards God, that would be one thing. But the fact that I've got an inclination towards Him, I want to repent, I want to make sure things are right between me and my Savior— uh, that should be sufficient evidence alone for us as humans that we are God's people, that we're chosen by him, he has his hand on us, and we can be reassured that, that we belong to him. We may have some unconfessed sin, and mm-hmm. maybe that's what mm-hmm. was bothering this gentleman. And In fact, we it all, was. We all always do have sin, and we need mm-hmm. to be confessing our sins daily to the Savior. What that, we did in this case, or what I did, was... Uh, we prayed the sinner's prayer once again. Sure. And I remind him that sure. if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and Absolutely. to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Yeah. The doctrine of election is in the scriptures, but it's often either misrepresented or misused. Uh, we started this program today by looking at a little bit of the Gospel of John, and I, I was hoping that maybe we could read a few of these verses from the lips of our Lord. Uh, regarding his loving election in drawing us to himself. Do you fellows have some of those verses? This is one of the passages that I think is, is um, should I say, undertaught. Mm. This passage is very reassuring where Jesus in John chapter 6, uh, following uh, I am the bread, uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, this is the Good Shepherd passage in this section 2 uh, on mm-hmm. into chapter 10. Mm-hmm. All that the Father gives to me will come to me. Hmm. Now, that reminds me that almost everyone who's concerned about election is uh, are people who are coming to Christ. That's it. That's yeah. it. Yeah, and that is. And then it goes on, anyone who comes to me, I will by no means cast them out. Hmm. You know, So it is a matter of, of God choosing and them coming. But the interesting thing about John chapter 6 is right after this part, this bread of life discourse, mm-hmm. 
a bunch of the people left him. <laughs> and uh-huh. you know what Jesus did is he then he turned to his disciples. I love this passage in this confession of Peter. Mm-hmm. He turns to his disciples and he says, are you going to leave too? And Peter says, where would we go? That's it. You have the words of eternal life. You know, when God calls us and God elects us and God chooses us, all those different words, you know, there's something about it. You can't deny it. I mean, this guy, he wasn't sure whether he was elect, but he knew there was a God who was there. He knew there was a God who, who, who judged. And in fact, that whole aspect of his knowing that here's this God that's there is, I think, demonstration, as you pointed out, Dan, of an election of a realization that he is real and and this man wanted to come to this God. Mm. You know, and Jesus says, I will not cast him out. And that's that it, it yeah. is. Well, there there are places and times where uh, you can do it as many times as you want. It's not like baptism. You only have one baptism, the symbol mm-hmm. and sign of our engrafting into Christ. But make your calling and election sure. Yes, if you yeah. are doubtful, just yeah, that's bow right. your head and pray, Lord Jesus. That's right. I believe, help thou my unbelief. Amen. Yeah. No question about the uh, doctrine of election being taught, but in terms of our response, if you're unsure, Mm -hmm. pray to God. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, well, uh, Psalm 51, you look at David, and we certainly know he was elect, but he comes to him, he Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew your spirit within me. You know, Mm. cast me not away from your presence. That's right. There's nothing wrong with doing that and there are times when we realize we may be god's child but we've lived like the devil (laughs) and and it's and it's time we we need to come and repent yeah it should not be forgotten that uh, god relates to us as a parent now i uh, did not always uh, uh, stay on the right side of my parents but i never thought that they would cast me out but i also knew i had to make things right for the relationship to be what it should be. Mm-hmm. And um, it's interesting that some of the same language that we use with our parents, fathers and mothers and children, uh, it does say in John chapter 6, all that he gives me I should lose nothing but raise it up at the last day. Good point, yeah. And um, that is, God keeps us in his grace, and he keeps us uh, through reassuring us and uh, assurance is a wonderful thing. I, I say to people, when you hear the sermon preached, say, Lord Jesus, I believe. When you receive the Lord's Supper, say, O oh Lord, I receive you. When you uh, confess your faith, let's say, in a creed or you're singing a hymn, mm. say, Lord, I lay my sins upon you and I trust that you have redeemed mm. me. Uh, that is part of our uh, walk with the Lord, I yeah. think. I think that a great comfort when you you see that. I know Luther when he would talk about that. Luther, of course, was prone to depression and and prone to doubts. And he would always say, you know, whenever I doubt, I look back at my baptism. Well, he wasn't depending on the water; he was depending on the Christ who saved, who and, promised, and that that was a great promise. But I also see, think in terms of election, we were talking about individual. But often for parents who look at their children and, you know, are, are very concerned, especially when they start leaving home, I think this is a one area where we can have great comfort, you know, with God's power to keep 
You know, if this child has come to faith in Jesus Christ, it's only because God has chosen them. And he's the one who chose. If he chose, he keeps them. Amen. Earlier we were mentioning uh, that verse. I'll quote it again. John fifteen sixteen. You did not choose me, but I chose you. Later on in the Gospel of John, in John 17, also we should be reassured that Jesus prayed for all his elect, all believers, when he said, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. So, beloved, Jesus prayed for you there. Um, He prayed for me. And uh, what a comfort that is to the people of God knowing that uh, we were like that baby in Ezekiel, uh, in a bloody pool, unable to help ourselves. Other places, the scripture describes us as dead men. And God comes in the person of Christ, and he seeks us out and regenerates us, gives us his spirit, adopts us, and and makes us one of his own. And uh, so, therefore, he chooses us, and we should be so thankful for that. That's why we believe. And of course, at some point in time on the human side, because God does this wonderful transaction, uh, we need to act out our faith. We need to believe in Jesus and confess the faith and ask him to forgive us of our sins. But in so doing, we're just simply carrying out the fact that he has elected us. Well, I'm also reminded of that wonderful verse where it says that he who has begun a good work in you will continue it until the day of Christ Mm -hmm. Jesus. That's right. Um, right. Our, our confidence is in God. If I had anything to say to a person, if someone out there is doubting, I would say, do not look at your own miserable life for assurance. It's not there. Look unto the Lord Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith. Look to him. You are in Christ. And that is the kind of faith that God blesses with assurance when you have your eye fixed upon Jesus. Amen to that. I see we're out of time, gentlemen, for this edition of A Plain Answer. I want to thank our listener who suggested this topic to us, and we hope that uh, the words today have been helpful. A Plain Answer is heard each Saturday at this time at 10 o'clock and also repeated again at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. It is also posted on our website at RedeemerBroadcasting.org under Programming MP3 samples. For Redeemer Broadcasting, I'm Dan Elmendorf. Joining me today has been the Reverend Mark Diedrich and Dr. John Vance. Please join us again next week at this same time for another edition of A Plain Answer. Because you are chosen.